Welcome to the Property Magic Podcast. My name is Simon Zucci, and in this podcast, I'm going to deep dive into the property investing strategies and investor mindset for my book, Property Magic. I will also share real estate investing hints, tips, and tricks, which I normally only share on my Property Mastermind Mentorship. Hello and welcome to episode number 53 of the Property Magic Podcast. In this week's episode, I'm going to give you the truth about creative finance. I'm going to answer the following questions such as, can you really buy property with no money? Do you always need to put in a big deposit? When can you use creative finance and can anybody use creative finance? Now, I'm going to talk about certain strategies, but first, I really want to talk about mindset and in particular, the beliefs that you might have around money and also investing. If you go right back to basics and we think about how you actually purchase an investment property, normally you'll get a loan from a bank or a mortgage company for about 75% of the value of the property. So if a property is 200,000, you could get a loan for about 150,000. Now, this doesn't really depend so much on you, but it's more about the property itself and the income that that property can generate because you're gonna rent it out and the tenants are gonna cover the cost of the mortgage and all the other costs and theoretically make you some profit. So that's the mortgage part. This means that for traditional investing, you've gotta put in about a 25% deposit and you might have another say 5% to allow for your costs. So this is where most people get stuck because they don't think they have enough money for the deposit money. Or even if they have some money, they realize at some point they'll run out of their own money, which happens to all investors. What happens, most investors just stop at that point. They then wait for the value of their property to go up over time. They might refinance, take some money out and go again by buying some more properties. But actually there are more creative ways where you can buy property using none of your own money. Now, whenever I teach people about property investing, um, people fit into a number of different categories. And it's amazing the beliefs people have about what they can and can't do. So let's think about the first category. These are people who actually have money in the bank, but they sometimes think they don't have enough. And I've met people who might have 50,000 pounds, they don't think it's enough. I've met people who've got hundreds of thousands of pounds in the bank, and they don't think it's enough to invest in property. I've also met people who've had no money at all and they realize if they get good at finding great deals and they find other people who might wanna fund those deals, they can do as many deals as they want. And it's really important to stop thinking about the deals you can do or the size of deals you can do based on the resources that you personally have. If you think like that, you're gonna be very, very limited. Now, the next group of people are people who maybe don't have any savings and so they don't think they can invest, but actually they have equity in property and they can maybe release that equity. Now, the problem here is, again, there are three categories within this. Very often people have equity, but they don't know they can use it. 
I remember being at one of the property exhibitions at which I was speaking and exhibiting. And this lady came up to me and said, Simon, I loved your talk. I'd really like to invest in property, but I just don't have any spare money. And you said I could do it with no money down. How do I do that? So I started to ask her a few questions. I said, look, what do you do? And she was a scientist. She had a really good job. She was only about 45,000 pounds a year, uh, which was great. And I said, do you own your own home? She said, yes, I do. And I said, how much is it worth? She said about 250,000. I said, great. And I said, what's the mortgage on your own home? And she looked at me and said, oh no, I don't have a mortgage. Now with homeowners, often we're told that debt is bad and we're told that we should pay down our own home mortgage as quick as possible. Now, to a certain extent, I do agree with that in that if you're only ever gonna have one property, i.e. your own home, then absolutely pay that down as quick as you can. But if you've listened to other episodes of this podcast, hopefully you realize just how powerful property can be for you. And so you won't want to have just your own home. You're gonna want to have other properties. So the easiest way that most people get into property is they understand about property, they might have equity in their own home or maybe they inherit a property. And then what they do is they release that equity and use that money as a seed capital to buy their investments. And now those investments generate an income for them that can sometimes cover all the costs and even replace their income. But the reason why people don't know this, and this lady, she's a smart lady, she's a scientist, she just didn't know that she could use the equity in her house. And you know, you might be listening to think, well, that's crazy, but you don't know what you don't know. And no one ever teaches us this thing in school or in college. You know, we kind of learn from our family and friends and people around us. And if no one you know is invested in property, you may not know this. Now, there are some people who do have equity in their property, but they don't want to use it. They know they could use it, but they have fear. They they think debt is bad. And I understand that as well. And they, they're worried about if they release equity from their home and make a mistake, could they lose their home? And, and ultimately, if you got things really badly wrong, that could happen. If we're really honest, that's a reality. But hopefully, if you educate yourself and you buy the correct investment properties and you follow the five golden rules that we talk about in one of the other episodes in this podcast series, that you minimize the risks and you can maximize your return. Very often I meet someone who's really keen to get into property and maybe it's their partner who doesn't quite get it and they're scared about using that money. And especially if they're they're new to property, they think, oh, my partner doesn't know what they're doing. I don't want them to release our equity. Well, what we often do is we say, look, bring your partner who's scared along to some of our property events and they will see for themselves just how much it can do for you. And that often makes them a bit more relaxed and gets them to open up a bit. And then the third group of people within this category, people who've got uh, property, but they don't really have money, is people who might have equity in the property, but they can't actually use it. So to release equity from your own home, you're gonna to need to have a reasonable income. And so if you aren't earning anything, well, it's gonna be very difficult to release that money. Uh, some of my clients uh, have a lovely property in London. It's a really fantastic uh, three-bedroom apartment. Uh, it's worth 800,000 pounds with no mortgage at all, but they're kind of semi-retired. They don't have an income coming in, and so they wouldn't be able to borrow very much money secured against their home. However, what they have decided to do is to move out of their home and then what they are doing is they are renting somewhere else to live 
And then what they're doing is what was their home, they change it into an investment property and get an investment mortgage. And that has enabled them to release hundreds of thousands of pounds to use with their property investing. So even if you have equity, but don't have an income, if you really wanna do investing and you're prepared to make some life changes, you can still access that money. Now the next group of people is people who don't have any property yet, but they've got a good income. And with that good income, they should be able to borrow other money, which they could use as deposits. And then the final group of people are people who have no equity, no property, and no job. They've got no income at all. They might think, well, it's gonna be impossible for them to start investing, but not necessarily. What those people do have is time on their hands because they're not working, and maybe they've got the motivation to really change their life and their personal circumstances, and sometimes they can be very, very determined. We've had people come on to our training. They've literally borrowed the money to come on and they're so committed to changing their future. They take the necessary action. They find great deals. They prove their worthiness and they can attract other people's money to them. So it absolutely can be done. It all comes down to uh, what you think and what you believe. So you need to be very careful to make sure you don't have these limiting beliefs. That's why mindset is so important. Um, Now, in most property deals, you do have to put some money in. We talked about this 25% deposit. So it is true that sometimes money is required, but that doesn't have to be your money. It could be borrowed money from someone else. For example, the very first property I purchased back in 1995, I didn't have any money at all. Now I had a good job, so I was able to get a mortgage. And at the time, I was able to get a first time buyer mortgage for 95% of the purchase price. So I had to put 5% in, and there were some costs, illegals, and a few other things, but I literally had no money at all. I'd been at university, I'd, I'd been a student, been in debt, came out of university, no job, and it took me a while to get a proper graduate job. As soon as I had that proper job, I wanted to buy a house. So what I did was I spoke to my parents Parents and they weren't in a position to help me at the time. And my mum suggested, maybe you should speak to your grandmother. My grandmother had just sold her home. She was moving in with my parents and she had some money in the bank. And she was delighted to be able to help her grandson, but it wasn't a gift. It wasn't a handout. It was a loan. And she was really happy because she was able to help me, but I paid the loan back with interest and she made more money than she'd make in the bank. So you might think, well, why on earth would people lend you money? Well, if they're family and friends, maybe they want to help you out. And, you know, as well as you benefiting, they can benefit as well. And this is the big mistake I see people make when they're thinking about using other people's money. They think they have to go cap in hand, begging for money. And and no one likes the idea of that. Well, actually, you need to change it around and think about going to people with an opportunity, an opportunity where you can help them earn some money. And that's the way you should position it. Um, By the way, the person who lends you the money to buy the property, they could also be the vendor, the owner of that property. And maybe they're motivated to sell and, and to get you to buy the property, they help you finance the deal. So this can be done in certain circumstances and it needs to be done in the correct way. 
but it means you can actually do this with none of your own money. It's called vendor finance. And that's actually what I'm going to talk about in the next episode of the Property Magic podcast. Now, you might also think, well, I don't know anyone with money at all, or at least no one who would lend money to you. And I understand how some people think like that. Um, But you know what? You'd be surprised at how many people have money in the bank. And right now it's doing absolutely nothing for them. And in this country, it's not really seen as etiquette to talk about what you have and, and boast about that. So, Maybe you have people who have money, but you just don't know they have money. They might have had some inheritance. They might have sold some shares, sold a business. They might have gone through a divorce or sold a point, whatever it is. They've got some money in the bank and it's doing nothing for them. And actually, if you approach them in the right way, they might be really happy to work with you. Again, this comes down to mindset. You know, if you think you can or if you think you can't, you're absolutely right. So you might need to change your thinking around this. And the reality is, Lots of other people are buying property by using loans from other people. And so if other people are doing it, it means it's possible. And so there's no reason why you couldn't do the same thing. So that's a private loan. The next solution to think about is what we call a joint venture. Now, this is where you work with someone and you give them something that they don't have. So maybe you found a great deal and they have the money, but maybe they don't have the time or the knowledge or the inclination to do this for themselves. So you find the deal, do all the work, they put the money in, and then you have some sort of share of the profit, the rental profit, and also the equity growth. So it's a where you work together, you're sharing the reward, you're also sharing the risk for mutual benefit. So that's a traditional kind of joint venture. But there's another type of joint venture, just to stimulate your thinking here, maybe you could joint venture with the owner of the property. So let's say you find a property that could be suitable to be developed. Maybe you can develop at the side of it, or you can split it into smaller units, or you can change the use. And the owner, for whatever reason, they know they can do this, but they don't have the energy to do it, or the money to do it, or the knowledge, or they they don't know where to start. And you could come along and give them that solution. So rather than you buying the property and then developing it, where you might have to put in a deposit, all the closing costs, then all the financing, and then all the development costs, instead you joint venture with them, where they put the property in, and then you can bring the money in from someone like Crowd Property, which is one of my other businesses, crowdproperty.com, and actually Crowd Property will lend you the money to do all the work. So again, this can be done as a deal with no money in. As long as it's a good deal and as long as the the numbers work, it could be a great way for you to fund deals using none of your own money. And I just really wanted to stimulate your thinking here because as I said earlier, people very often are fixed in their mindset and their views about what they can and can't do. And that's just opening up your mind and being inspired by what other people are doing and the possibilities mean that actually there are lots of ways for you to fund deals using none of your own money. So yes, it can absolutely be done. Can you do creative finance on every single deal? Well, different strategies suit different circumstances. And so if the circumstances right, you can use a particular strategy. If they're not, you might have to find a different way. And can anyone use creative finance? Well, as long as you understand the strategies, as long as you have an open mind, 
Yes, I believe anybody can do creative finance. Now I'm gonna cover in the next episode all about vendor finance in particular, which is where the owner lends you the money to do the deal and why on earth would they do that? We'll talk all about that. But in the meantime, you might wanna go and check out some free online training which I've done, which is a lot more detail, and you can get it at www.creativefinancetraining.co.uk. So that's www.creativefinancetraining.co.uk. I really encourage you to go over to there. There'll be a link in the show notes and register and get access to that free training all about creative finance. I believe that we're gonna see a dip in the property market into 2021. And when the property market dips, two very interesting things happen. First of all, banks tend to be a little more reluctant. They don't like to lend as much money and borrowing becomes harder. This is why these creative finance strategies are so important. If banks are not really lending, there are other ways you can still do deals. And the other thing that happens is because the market dips and there are probably more sellers than there are buyers, sometimes sellers become a bit more flexible and a bit more open to strategies that involve creative finance. At the end of the day, if you can help the seller get what they need, they might be more flexible to give you what you need. So these strategies are absolutely perfect for what's gonna happen in the UK property market over the next 12 to maybe 24 months. So it's a really good time to not only understand, but learn and master these strategies so that you can be investing in property using very little of your own money. Until next time, remember to always invest with knowledge, invest with skill. Thanks for listening to the Property Magic Podcast. To get this week's show notes, please visit www propertymagicbook.co.uk forward slash podcast. You can contact me via LinkedIn. You can follow me on social media and I highly recommend you subscribe to my YouTube channel to watch loads of valuable property trading for free. All of the details are available in the show notes. Until next time, invest with knowledge, invest with skill.